Hill City has been 15 years in the making. Uh, 15 years plus ago, I knew I was supposed to plant a church, um, but I just didn't know what that looked like. Um, one, it's terrifying, first off. But second, how is it going to be different? And in all reality, it took me 15 years to figure it out. It took me 15 years to, for God to do the work on my own heart, my own life. It, it took God 15 years to build the vision on what it is today as we try to be the place where hope lives. It all comes down to some, some lyrics that we sang. And this is the piece of the, 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 the vision that kind of just grabbed a hold of my heart and said, we, we can do that. And it's, it's from the Firm Foundation song. We sang this last night as a team, and um, this thing just kind of jumped out at me. And the words are this. I've still got joy in chaos. I've still got peace when it makes no sense. So I won't be going under. And I don't know about you, but walking with Jesus, this Christian life, doesn't often feel like that. Sure, we know we're supposed to have joy, right? We're Christians, that's what we're supposed to do. But it doesn't feel that way. It feels hard. It feels like I am sinking. Then the question becomes, well, what's wrong? Well, I think that's the answer we have for you today. And that's why Hill City's going to exist. Is that we believe that we have a way to get you to that place where you can genuinely have joy when it's all chaotic. That you can have peace when it's hard. Because the reality is, whether you know Jesus or don't know Jesus, life is hard. Right? The enemy's out there to kill, steal, and destroy you, and he's really good at it. He takes life, he destroys our dreams, he, he keeps us stuck in unforgiveness in these places that just wreak havoc on our lives. And we get to be in this place as followers of Jesus. We really grab a hold. I don't know what's going on. And we really grab a hold of what, what, what this, this mysteries of the kingdom, we'll call them, is about. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to try to introduce you to how do you actually have hope and how do you keep it. So if you bow your head, let me pray for us and then we'll dive in uh, this morning. Father God, thank you. More than anything else, God, thank you. Um, all the different ways that you have orchestrated us to get to this place over the last two years. Um, have we been journeying as, you know, under the name Hill City. God, you, you provided equipment, you provided spaces, you provided the right people. Um, God, you provided a vision that's actually compelling, but more importantly, God, you gave us the way on how to help people live it. So God, speak to our hearts today. God, I know it's not by accident that anybody's sitting in this room whether they know you as their Lord and Savior or they don't. God, you have them here because you want to speak to their hearts. So Lord Jesus, please speak. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible, you can download the Bible app or we'll put the verses up on the screen to make it really easy for you. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 14, starting with verse 22. And just to give you a little bit of background on what's going on here. Um, Jesus is about to uh, have an encounter with, with the disciples, specifically Peter. But this happens right after Jesus feeds 5,000 plus people. Um, he fed 5,000 plus people with two fish and five loaves. Miraculous, to say the least. If I was present in that moment, I'd be like, wow, that was, I don't know, uh, words to that. That's pretty incredible. And that's where the disciples are sitting, kind of in this moment. They just witness this massive miracle, and then this takes place. 
It says this in verse 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. This is Jesus. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, to, or on the mountain um, to pray by himself. Well into the night, uh, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already uh, some distance from the land, battered by the waves because of the wind was against them. Jesus came to them walking on the, the, the sea very early in the morning. Did you catch that? He's walking on the sea. Um, when the disciples saw him walking, they were terrified. They said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered, come, command me to get out of, or to come out to you on the water. He said, come. And he climbed out of the boat. Peter started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Uh, he cried out, Lord, save me. Like, just put yourself in Peter's shoes just for a moment. Like, here's this storm. It's raging. The waves are, are, are crashing against the boat. They, they don't really know what's going on. They're kind of bunkered down inside of this boat. And then here comes Jesus out for a stroll, walking across the, the, the lake. And of course, they're going to be terrified. But then they're like, whoa, if it's Jesus, remember, he just feed the, fed the 5,000. There's something about this guy. And Peter's like, if it's Jesus, I'm going. So Peter starts to climb out of the boat. He throws his leg over the side, and who knows how tall the boat is. He might have to climb down a little bit. But what about the moment when his foot touched the water? I would have been like, no, we're good. <laughs> or did he just jump off? We didn't exactly know, but, but he made that step. And my guess is when he made that step, he was looking directly at Jesus. He was looking at his target. He was looking at where he was headed. And he, made, he started making it up that first wave and, and down the next, and he's eye contact right here with Jesus. He's looking right at Jesus. But out of the corner of his eye and his peripheral as he's looking at Jesus, he sees this massive wave coming, and it just crashes next to him. But he's still looking at Jesus. And then that next wave behind him kind of startles him a little bit, and he starts to look away. In the moment when he starts to look away, he starts to sink. But when he saw the strength of the winds, he was afraid. Began, he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. I think for so many of us, this is what life feels like. For so many of us, the waves are the circumstances that just drill us. It's like being in the ocean. If you're ever a kid in the ocean, you get those waves, but then there's like one right behind it, and then it knocks you over, and then you're trying to get you know, your breath back. That's how life feels oftentimes. But what do we do in those moments when it gets that hard? Because it's hard for all of us. Well, the key was right there. He was looking at Jesus. His eyes were locked in on Jesus. Because the reality is all of our lives are going to be emotionally, physically, they're going to be difficult. But the peace that gets us through it is on Jesus. Now I'm not just saying like, you know, yeah, if you just pray sometimes and focus in on Jesus, everything's going to be great. No, I'm talking about a, a level of relationship that makes this, this eye contact thing real. If you spend any time in the church, there, there's a famous psalm. 
Um, this, this psalm is essentially like a, a song written to God. Um, this psalm is written by King David. Um, king David was the uh, a king of Israel thousands and thousands of years, years ago. He was accredited to being a man after God's own heart. If you spend any time in church, you probably heard it. Even if you haven't spent any time in the church, there's a good chance that you've probably heard at least pieces of it. But it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for my names, for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valleys, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Now, if we took a poll, when you're in the middle of those darkest valleys, my guess is most of us would be like, uh, I have no fear. <laughs> I'm not sure on that one. I've been there. It, it, it's, it, th- those valleys are dark. They're scary. And then that, that darkness starts to seep in around us, and then, then what do we do? Jesus, where are you? Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You cu- you, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithfulness, love, will pursue me all the days of my life. And I dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. It's one of those verses that I read and go, it's good for David. Wish I got to experience that with God. I spent a lot of years sitting in that place. And it wasn't until probably three or four years ago that God started me on this journey to really, what it, to really figure out what it means to be in relationship with Jesus. Because you probably missed this. You prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Here's Jesus getting this nice table together. And if you're like a centerpiece person, there's probably a centerpiece there. But he's got a spread of food. He's got it all for you. Tacos, definitely. And he's asking you to sit down, right? He's putting you at the table. What he didn't do is he didn't set this table off in a sanctuary, often in a nice, you know, lush field away from all your enemies. No, when, when the, those waves are crashing against you, when life's getting hard, when the bank account is low, when the job has been lost, when the loved one is gone, in the midst of that, he's 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 cutting out a little hole, and he's putting the table right there. He's not telling you life's going to get easy. He's not telling you that the the circumstances of life aren't going to keep coming at you. But he's saying in the middle of all of it, he's putting the table right here, and he's saying, eyes right here. Look at me. I know. I know what's going on. I see it. I know the arrows are still coming. I know the enemy is still attacking. But eyes right here. I don't know if you've ever sat with someone that you don't know super well and made eye contact for a solid minute. But that's uncomfortable. That's awkward. That's weird. If we just, gentleman in the back, what's your name? Jerry. Jerry, if I just stared at you and we just didn't break any eye contact, at some point, it's going to be awkward. But it's not awkward. Like, that's not the, 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 the driving emotion. What's really going on here is I feel vulnerable. I feel exposed. It's like Jerry's looking directly into my soul, and I don't like it. 
But that's what Jesus is trying to create. He's trying to create a level and depth of relationship that is beyond anything we can imagine. Because in the midst of that relationship is where I always have hope. In the midst of that relationship is the place that I have joy even when chaos is surrounding me. And it's the place where I can stand with peace even when life is hard. Eyes right here. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us. Eyes right here. Now I get it. That's a level of intimacy and relationship that most of us are like, nope, <laughs> I'm out. I like my Jesus like a coworker. You know, we see each other every day. We're cordial. We talk. But like, it's better that way than like a spouse where they have to actually really know me. But we, we would all like it that way. Relationship, it would be easier that way. But relationship is hard. Relationship's hard with people and it's hard with God. It takes a, an intentionality on our part to invest. It takes an intentionality on our part to, to pursue God. It doesn't happen magically. It doesn't happen by accident. We get to that depth of relationship. You get to that depth because time has happened, because you've chosen to trust, because you've given vulnerability, because you, you, you have constant communication. Right? That, that's, that's where the depth of relation comes with. Whether it's with a person or with God, the same rules apply. Let's keep going in, in our, our original set of verses here, and then we'll bring it all together for you. Uh, verse 30 again. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. His eyes slipped away. He began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus said, you've screwed up too many times. <laughs> I'm not doing it this time. Uh, you remember that one thing you did? Yeah, no thanks. No. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hands. Immediately, he caught a hold of him and pulled him in. He said, Peter, Peter, want you with little faith. It's me. I've got this. I've got you. And then they walk back to the boat together. Which is still weird that they're walking on water this whole time. But the depth of relationship that God is trying to instill inside of us. And here, here's the thing. How do I know this is probably one of the most difficult things that you'll ever have to do? One, the enemy's trying to kill, steal, and destroy you. He knows that this is the secret sauce. He knows you want to have joy, you want to have peace, you want to have hope in all circumstances, regardless of how hard it gets. He knows that the source of that is in your relationship with Jesus. He knows that, that, that that's the thing that's going to keep you standing strong, so he's going to do everything he can to keep you from him. And you know what? He's winning. How do I know he's winning? Because statistics tells us. Statistics tells us that 83% of this room don't read their Bible outside of church functions. Now, reading your Bible is one thing, but actually fostering a relationship in the process of reading your Bible is a whole other thing. So that number is going to drastically drop again. Because relationship is hard. Relationship takes us to be intentional. Relationship means I have to spend time. Relationship means I have to choose vulnerability. Relationship means I have to choose trust. And I know it's difficult. 
I've been there. I understand. But I'm telling you on the other side of it, there's very few things in life that shake me. You know, my dad just passed away two months ago. And man, does that suck. I don't think there's, I don't think I would wish that on my worst of enemies to lose a loved one. And as easy as a moment like that in time could be that just destroys you and says, screw God, I'm out. It's in those moments I get to dig in even deeper. They gotta get, that I get to get, keep my eyes right here. And I get to focus in on what Jesus has for me. Circumstances aren't going to change. The thing that changes in the midst of the circumstances is you. And that only happens if we're actually fostering a relationship with God. That's the only part he asks of us. If you're a follower of Jesus, meaning you've recognized that God is that Jesus was God, he lived a perfect life, he took your sins on himself and died in your place. Yes, for the forgiveness of sin. But it's more than that. It was to restore relationship. It was to get you back to this. That's why Jesus went to the cross. And if you have that peace, we start to foster relationship with Jesus. We, we start to dig into to the hard things about life with him, and we start to walk with him. We start to choose to spend time with him. That when I read and I pray, it isn't just a task that I'm completing. It's a relationship I'm trying to foster. That's all he asks of us. Just foster the relationship. That's all you have to do. He's not saying, hey, those 50,000 sins that you commit on a regular basis, they're still there. We get it. He's not saying in that moment, I'm going to forget it all, but he is saying, just, I just need you to foster a relationship with me and let me lead that process. Here's a fancy word. We call it sanctification, the process of becoming more holy like God. Sanctification isn't our job. Conquering sin in your life, actually, not your job. Jesus was clear. He said, without him, you have no power over sin. So why are you trying to do it on your own? And this is where so many Christians get stuck. Because they're like, oh, I'm supposed to be a good Christian. I have to stop doing this, and I have to start doing that. And, and, and then it gets exhausting and tiring. That's not what Jesus designed. He said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But when I'm walking with Jesus, and he's like, hey, remember when you talked to so-and-so? probably want to go back and apologize for that one. Or he's like, hey, you keep doing this, this, this one thing over and over again. You, you go from one to a hundred in your anger, and let's talk about that. Why do you think that is? Hey, you remember that one time with your dad, right? Like that, that's the kind of conversations, that's the kind of relationship that God is trying to foster inside of you. You will be blown away when you do your part to foster relationship with Jesus and be an active participant in that relationship what God starts to shape and mold you. I don't say this because it's, it's what Scripture says. I don't say this because it's this dream or this idea. I say it because we've been living this as Hill City for two years. And we've seen it over and over and over again. When people start to foster a relationship with Jesus, a strength starts to build inside of them because God starts to do the changing and the shifting of their heart. And they get to this place where, yeah, they can have joy even when it's crazy. And yeah, they can have peace, even when it feels hard. Because God is doing this work inside of you. And your part, foster relationship. You want to be the place where hope lives? Foster relationship. And that's why Hill City exists. 
because we believe we have a way by looking at how Jesus did it, and we're a part of a larger network that lives this same way, and we see growth in our people over and over again as we try to make disciples of Jesus. So journey with us. What would the action step be? Right after this service, we're holding a culture course, or it's, we call it Culture Course 101. It's We Are Hill City. It kind of give you a, an explanation of who we are, what we're about. We'll even feed you. You don't have to sign up. You just have to stick around. It's that simple. Um, but we'll dig into this in a little bit more detail of how do we actually foster relationship with Jesus. Let's start there. Then we start to take those next steps in that walk with Jesus as he guides and directs whatever those next steps would be. The control is out of your hands. All you're doing is foster relationship with Jesus, talking about and doing what he's asking you to do. Let him take care of the rest. Let this Christian life as Jesus designed it be easy, be light, and the burden not heavy because eyes right here, I'm focusing in on Jesus. Let me pray for us. Father God, God, more than anything, I thank you that Jesus went to the cross. God, more than anything, I thank you that he took my sins on himself so I can be restored back to you. God, over the last few months, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have you. If I wasn't able to look at you in such a depth of relationship and to lean on you and to talk through the hard things and let all the emotion out. God, I don't know how I have done it. God, and I thank you for the vision of Hill City as we want to help others be able to do the same. So God, give us courage to step out. God, help us fight the fears that, that may be overcoming us, that wants us to fight against the lies that the enemy is, or, or is throwing at us to convince us of the things that we don't like about you or, God, the things that, that we just can't do. God, help us get to that place where our eyes are right in yours. Help us get to that depth of relationship where I can keep my joy, I can keep my hope, and I can keep my peace regardless of what's going on around me. You're a good God, and for that we give you great praise. Amen.